Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Breaking down the game that was. This is the Six Rings Post Game Show. Here's Fitzy and Hart on WEEI. Mac, watching other teams' offenses during the course of the nine weeks, seems like their quarterbacks have bigger windows to throw into, chance for more shot plays, more explosive plays. Do you feel like you have to be so fine in this offense it's almost too fine because of the windows that you're throwing into? Um... Look, I think, um, like I talked about, there's no excuses, and it's it's hard to compare to other people, other teams. Uh, we have a standard here, and um, at the end of the day, we need to meet that standard and um, execute as best we can for me as the quarterback and, and all that stuff. So, I mean, that's a great point, but at the same time, we're always going to focus on us and what we can do better and um, the things that we need to improve and what I need to improve and all that stuff. So, um, but yeah, that's a good question. right billy let him know just gonna keep going around in circles the blame game where ain't nobody win no matter what it sure seems to be these days this is our number three of the six rings post game show live on boston sports original 93.7 fm weei heard all across the great weei sports radio network the odyssey app weei.com and beyond. You can join the party at 617-779-7937. The line's pretty lit up right now. we got a Griswold family Christmas tree of descent coming from Foxborough, Route 1, and beyond, Andy. It's just, golly, I just don't even, I'm out of people to like, I don't like throwing people under the bus. I don't like blaming people. I don't like pointing fingers. I don't like any of this. But it's difficult to say like, Hey, well, we got like my question before the game today. And and by the way, it's funny that the Patriots uh, special teams fell apart completely in the second half because Nate Ebner was our guest at the stadium today in the Putnam Club for the pregame chalk talk. And we were talking about uh, the fundamentals and uh, how special teams will be locked up. And that's a key for Bill Belichick teams. And <laughs> um, yeah, and of course, they all fall apart today. And we were like the my my theme of the day and talking to people was, you know, 
Who are the people to look to? Who really wants to be a part of the solution, not the problem? And I'm not really sure besides, I don't know, maybe, who would you say, and I know you'll get to it later in the program and thumbs up, thumbs down, who really acquitted themselves well in, in the sort of, hey, you'll be part of the future here and you're going to help us win more games than lose coming up? I, 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 Pop, uh, Peppers, Duggar, Mondre, Tavai, maybe? Well, I'm not Anyone sure else? on Duggar, just because yeah. of the contract. I'm not sure on Duggar, right. but he, Tavai. Um, okay, Tavai, yep. Stevenson. Mm-hmm. Um, David Andrews, for as long as the wheels stay on for him physically in terms of an aging veteran. Um, Christian Barmore is a good player. We'll see where that goes in a year contract-wise if he's a guy. I wrote about this on the website this morning for my Sunday 7. This is a period of time where not only are you looking at the young players, the Demario Douglases of the world, the Tyquan Thorntons, but I think the middle-aged guys that didn't get traded or are coming up on contracts this spring, next spring, is Stevenson or Barmore a guy you want long-term that you'd go to them early? Is a guy like Duggar, do you decide over the second half of this season, you know what, he's a trench hole guy. Like, I want him around. I'm willing to pay for leadership and playmaking. You, that middle class that needs to be the culture foundation moving mm-hmm. forward, whoever the coach is, whoever yep. the GM is, mm-hmm. you still need foundational players. You need Correct. somebody to set the tone and the culture on and off the field. I think they need to figure out who the hell those guys are because – Right now, Devin McCourty's doing games. You know, Dante Hightower's not walking through that door. All those guys, and, and the I closest walking, one you got, Matt Slater, has like he, one foot out the door. Right he's now. walking out that door. There's no doubt about that. He probably regrets coming back this year if he were honest down deep. So yep. I don't know who your middle culture, middle age culture setting, like fourth, fifth, six year veterans on this team are going to be moving forward. Uh, and that's exactly what I was hoping to establish, and instead now we're left with even more questions. Speaking of questions, they're going to come in fast and furious as we go back to the callers, Andy. Uh, Jimmy is in Malden, home of uh, the fabulous folks over at Idle Hands Brewing. I feel Hello, so. Jimmy. I feel. I feel so sorry for the people of Germany that have to be uh, be the host of the Patriots <laughs> for the next week or so. But do you see maybe uh, HBO maybe picking the Patriots for next season's of Hard Knocks? Well, the problem will be if you change head coaches, you can be exempt from it. They may want Oh, in the first year of a head coach, Andy? Is that how it works? New head coach. If you have a new head coach, you can play that card and say, I'm exempt from being on hard knocks because they don't fulfill the other criteria. They haven't been on it in the last 10 years, Mm -hmm. and they haven't won a playoff game in the last two years. And if you haven't done those, the only other way to bow out or have a reason is to have a new head coach. So if Bill Belichick gets canned and they have a new head coach, they can choose to not be on hard knocks. What would we like to see? I see. I mean, yeah. Okay, Jimmy, thank you very Thanks, much Jimmy. for the call. We appreciate it. Jimmy. We appreciate the call, friend. Uh, I mean, okay, let's say the is Patriots were on. What's that? Was he in Malden? Malden, yes. Yeah. Now, remember the home of Killer Kowalski's wrestling school back in the day? Yeah, I, na- I name-checked a, a brewery in, in Walden because that's how I roll. Yeah, I noticed. I'm yeah, cool. Okay, well, they've given you free beer before, so you appreciate it. I like free beer. I like beer I pay for, too. I like, like all kinds of it. Um, okay, so even if... The, okay, so let's say the Patriots end up on Hard Knocks. Great. Okay, good. We can check that box off. Is that going to be some August entertainment? Are we going to be like, hey, at least I'm looking forward to watching football in August? I mean, I, I, I'm, just, I'm just sort of... I'm only asking aloud, like, what, what will that do for us? Well, it Give depends. us greater insight with a new coach as to what the operation is like or what the rebrand and the, the yeah. rebuild is, yeah. is all about if, in fact, 
Bill Belichick were not to be here orchestrating the rebuild next year? How does Gerard Mayo treat Drake May? You sure it's going to be Gerard Mayo? No, I'm not. I'm just throwing that out there. Okay, because I'm sure you saw this earlier today. Made a couple of waves on the mornings on the morning side of things. Ben Volan uh, had his piece out about how a source told you. Yeah, I know everybody. Okay, you can go ahead and don't turn Somebody the radio off. You DMs. can sigh out loud. Yes, it was in his DMs. That's a cheap but shot, sort of, Ben. I apologize. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. Um, it's funny because you screw up once with that when you usually have pretty good sources, and then you get you get kicked around. But um, the whole idea that the crafts now sources something enamored uh Vrabel uh, you know can you imagine if now if the if the crafts were to set their sights on bringing in Mike Vrabel instead of Gerard Mayo what a what a drama that would be and or how would you feel about Mike Vrabel if he were the next HC of the NEP well since I pretty sure it was four years ago I suggested trading Bill Belichick for Mike Vrabel in a draft pick and everybody laughed at me but I still like the idea now we're four years later. I don't know if it still makes any sense for Vrabel or whatever, but no, I wanted Mike Vrabel four years ago. I think that was the guy when when Brady left to turn the organization over to. But everybody on the radio called me an idiot. Yeah, people like doing that to us, don't they? They're mean. Yeah, they are. Sometimes even very on sensitive. social media. They're big meanies. And we get, oh, yes, I know. You're the most sensitive guy <laughs> I've ever worked with. Uh, I wonder, okay, so let's, there you go. There's your molasses to rum sort of triangle right there. Um the, the weird business triangle would be Patriots send Belichick to the Commanders. Those draft picks go over to the Titans for Mike Vrabel, and he comes back home and takes over the Pats. Yeah, I'm for it. That. Now, I think it would be interesting because the speculation long, long ago was that they traded Mike Vrabel because he made comments about Patriot Place and how it was unfair in the new collective bargaining agreement that that money didn't go to players and that the Crafts were mad at him for saying that. But whatever. Time heals yep. all wounds, I guess. But then there was also like how much love he felt when he came back for his patriots hall of fame induction a couple of weeks ago and then he sat in the owner's box with robert and jonathan and took in the entirety of the victory over the bills a game once again that showcased when another team is not at their best and everything goes right for the patriots and they don't make a number of mind-numbing mistakes they can actually win a football game unlike today when they did lots of things that well stunk uh let's make our way to who's been holding on longest there's a uh, okay. You know what? Let's hear from the other side. Dave and Dartmouth. Yeah, home of the Indians, baby. Hey, I got three things. Three things to talk about. You ready? There we go. One. All right. One. Hail to the Redskins. Hail victory. Braves on the warpath. Fight for old to see. That, okay, song. that's the first great one. song. It's a great song. Okay, I, it's a, it is a great song. Nobody no. sings it anymore. But hey, what are you going to do? Still allowed. Okay. Secondly, probably not. That was the We're worst. All now. <laughs> That was the worst uh, pass, uh, roughing the pass I've ever seen in my life. Oh, if yeah. that's roughing the pass, or I wouldn't have any children. Okay? Number three. <laughs> number Good three. Line. You're two for two. Need, Come on. I need, Finish I think strong. We need to get rid of, uh, I think the pass need to get rid of Mac Jones, and we need to sign Jackson uh, Hart. Coming up. Hey, He's I like coming it. Up. He's playing great for Dartmouth. Go Dartmouth! That's a good right. call right there. Part of the audience is going to be like, all right, he had me until he went with the high school kid. <laughs> hey, high Andy, school your kid's son probably in a couple years would probably be a better better option or a more. He makes player. better decisions than Mac Jones, and I'll stand by that till the day I die. Wow. wow. He's more athletic, too. I was going to say probably definitely more athletic. I'm sure he could beat him in a yep. foot race. Remember oh, when absolutely. Mac Jones said he was good for at least five rushing touchdowns this year? That was, that, those were good. Any sentence that starts with Mac Jones is good, I stopped listening. <laughs> It's wrong. 
Tony in Worcester, out to the Wormtown we go. How are you? I'm all right. How are you guys doing? We're hanging in there, my man. We are. Uh, we're it, we're we're enjoying a very zesty and honest post game show today. And these are the kinds of conversations we need to have with people like you, friend. Well, I'm not happy, man. I my first game was with my grandfather and at BC against the Dolphins in '69. Uh, so I don't want anybody calling me a fair weather fan. But this is this. I am sick and tired. I feel like I'm being made a fool of, and I don't like that at all. And that that makes me mad. That's one of the things I really hate in life. And I'm I'm starting to think I'm a fool for being a laundry rooter and geography rooter and everything else because these guys at the top of this business, this Patriots business, are making fools out of the fans. They're making fools out of us by not explaining anything and screwing around with you guys in the press conferences. And the crafts are silent. There's nothing coming from the crafts. And... I think they owe us a lot more because we work hard. We, we put our hard-earned money into this team and our time, and I've missed a lot of masses because of football. And it, and, uh, it just drives me nuts that we get nothing but bad treatment from these guys, and it wasn't always like this. I don't know what happened to the business of sports or, the, or what happened you know, over the years, but it's just it's going to drive you guys crazy because it drives us crazy out here because the only information we get from the team is from you guys, and they just do nothing but heap piles of crap on you guys, and that's what we get, and you know which direction crap flows, and I'm just getting sick of it, and I feel like a fool. I don't know about you guys. Uh, um, you know, Tony, the organization did us right for so long, for so many years, and you could easily just turn and point to, yeah, but we also had Julian Edelman and Rob Gronkowski and Tom Brady and Teddy Bruschi and Willie McGinnis and Ty Law and so many other people that did right by us, the fans. I, I You know, right now, it's hard to say that the organization is doing the fans dirty direct directly, but I, I don't think, I think that I know for a fact they care immensely about the optics, about the fan yep. response, about what people are saying, about the fact that the secondhand market today was having tickets go off at half price before, at half of face value before the game, Andy. And I know plenty of people that got in today at stunningly low ticket prices, which I'm sure infuriates Robert Kraft and Jonathan and the entire organization. They want to do right by you. They mean to do right. But they're now caught at this weird intersection, Andy, where it's the loyalty to the man who was such a significant part, the orchestrator, the architect, the overlord, the overseer, the project manager of the dynasty and the greatest run ever. But they also need to undertake massive change and gut renovations and things need to be redone. And how do you go about doing that when you have these weird ties? Like who is going to be the one who puts their foot down and says enough is enough. Change needs to come to Tombstone. It certainly sounded like uh, Robert Kraft was trending in that direction this past winter, correct? With mm -hmm. the uh, letter to the, the season ticket holders and then the release about what was going on within the organization. And I think calls like, was that Paul? I'm sorry, who was that? That was uh, one, of my Tony. Uh, one of my favorite um, honest callers, Tony and Worcester. The more Robert Kraft catches wind and Jonathan Kraft catches wind of true fans and season ticket holders saying things like that, or more importantly, not showing up, or selling their tickets at a loss on the secondary market, 
that will resonate with the Kraft family. I truly believe that. I truly mm -hmm. believe Robert Kraft is the patriarch of Patriot Nation, that he cares, that he's one of the, the fans. He's a businessman. Yes, he makes money. He cares about money and all that. And when those two things collide, when he's mad as a fan and he's mad as a businessman, then I got to think some stuff is going to change, right? Some stuff is going to get done when those two collide. And I think that's where we're nearing, where fans are fed up. They feel like the wheels have been spinning for a few years now without any real advancements, improvements, entertainment. And I, I think they are ready for a change, and they're ready to let Robert Kraft know they want to change. One more call before we get to the break. We trend, and then Andy's going to steer you guys the right way and take you home right up until 725, at which point we go to Westwood One's coverage of Sunday Night Football, and you're not going to want to miss it tonight, folks. Hopefully we'll be treated to a high-quality football game with Buffalo at Cincinnati. I got to check in with my guy. I mean, I was I was going to – well, wellness check in aisle Wayne and Southie. Wayne out. Ah! Cannot keep dealing with this. Unbelievable. Seriously. How – the hell is Mac still playing? I could play better than Mac. I would throw better passes than Mac. Mac can't even get the ball ten years down the. Oh, oh my God! It makes me so aggravated, Fitzy. But are you just mad? Are you just directly and only solely mad at Mac at this point, Wayno? But our previous no, caller, Tony no, Wooster, of course not just him, but Mac. he is the number one. I'll give him that. Okay. You know, yeah. Belichick, too, and they just got to rebuild this whole thing. How long has Mac been with us? Three years, right, going on his fourth year this year? So yes, he's sir, supposed to be coming up three. on a contract, right? Mm -hmm. Cut him! Bye! See you later! It was great knowing you. You did nothing for us. Get out. We got to bring in somebody better. Somebody, Howell. Look at this kid, Howell. Who was he? He went out there and performed today. All these other guys in the NFL are performing except for Mac. Mac can't get his stuff together. How do you miss a ball when you're throwing it to somebody and it's like five feet away and you throw it over his head? Yeah, there was also the uh, he lofted that pass on off his back foot to Ramondre when he was yep, open and kind of underthrew it as well. That was not a great pass. I think we can both agree with that, Andy. Um, Wayno, I appreciate the fact that you're so angry at Mac Jones. A lot of people are angry at Mac oh, Jones. Oh, yeah, I'm angry at Mac Jones. He's got to go, Fitz. He's got to go. Hey, it's got not to just go. him. Wayno, him it's... and all their brothers and all the fit uh, they got to go. They are done. See you later. Sweep it away and restart next year. Okay. I agree more with that than the, than yeah. just the fixation on Mac. I think Correct. this I team too, this team is flawed in so many yeah, areas. Yeah, see, Andy see, understands. Yeah, but you, you led with Mac, and I thought it was a little misplaced focus on him. He is part of the problem, which is systemic. It's like the whole thing is is flawed right now from coaching to personnel to to everything to talent to You're, exactly everything it's not just one thing yeah but you it's were screaming everything. about mac you made it sound like it was about just mac. mac well it well mac is number one i would put him up there right now what about bill? Number one. Whoa, whoa, whoa. hey what about bill what about bill Bill? Oh, yeah, Bill, definitely. Bill needs to – but you can see it. he doesn't even – it's like he's walking up and down. He's always yelling at the referees. I, yeah. I don't know if he likes this anymore, if he wants to be here anymore. I don't know what it is. You know well, what I mean, he, I don't know. Andy. He can't possibly like this. He's 2-7. and seven. This is – I mean, this is torture for any ever? coach. Is this the worst ever, Andy? For For what? For the Patriots, ever since they've been in, since 1960, has oh, it no. ever been this bad? Yeah, they finished 1-15. Yeah. 
Don't forget the Rod no, Rush years, the, the Dick McPherson. That's the route we're on. Well, no, we have two wins, so we can't be on the route for one. Oh, yeah, we do got two wins. You're right, man. You're right. You're right. <laughs> still, Wait, no, we're right. Wait, no. They're going to do us any good. They need to get a new quarterback. Yeah. Oh, they, my God. They're going to need a lot of new everythings, yeah. Wayno. All right. Hey, listen, we appreciate the call. I had to check in with you before uh, we got up against the break. We're running a little bit late here, but there's just so many people to deal with, so many so many impassioned opinions, so many thoughts, so many feelings. When we come back, we'll have Mike Cadillac on the horn from WEI.com, fresh from Gillette Stadium and the Patriots locker room, where perhaps he, Andy, may be able to shed some insight on what went down with Jack Jones. J.C. Jackson, and so many other disappointed Patriots and beyond. And, of course, you guys right up until 730 at 617-779-7937. Updating you now on NFL scores and beyond from the wide world of sports, here's producer Joe Braverman. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And we are back for the final hour of the Six Rings postgame show. Patriots lose to the Washington Commanders 20-17. to Fall to 2-7 on the season. And I'm being honest, this uh, rejoiner music is probably a little too upbeat for the performance we watched at Gillette Stadium Well, one of today. our callers said that we feel like suckers. So okay. let's get sucker uh, out there. Okay. Patriots were suckers. They were losers. They were making a lot of mistakes. And to analyze each and one, every one of those mistakes, joining us now on the Harbor One Hotline is the resident pretty boy of WEEI and this radio station, the co-host of Gresh and Fourier, Christian Fourier Patriots, <laughs> legendary tight end, the Scorier oh, man. man. Okay, so I almost don't even know what the first question should be after this game at this point in the season. So, Christian Fourier, what was your reaction to whatever the hell we saw today? Uh, you know, it it is um, it is weird because you you you've used uh, I feel like after every loss, you use we all use some cliche, some soliloquy, something to kind of jumpstart us into either making yourself feel better about the situation or just accepting your lot in life. Yep, and I think. Like last week, I had this long discussion with the post game show. Uh, I mean, it was with you guys or uh, with uh, Dan Roach, and it was oh, okay. At least they'll beat the Washington Commanders. And I was like, based on what? Like what? 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 Do, what have they shown you that makes you think that they can beat the Commanders? The Commanders are now are looking at you like, oh, at least we can beat the Patriots. Yep. That to me is just like an unbelievable sign of how unbelievably far. They have fallen, and I think the thing that stands out to me the most. Okay, and I'll and I'll start with this, and I'll ask you the question because the the Mac Jones Jones thing is always the issue. Like for me, I said, well, uh, Mac didn't play great. 
I didn't think he played terrible. Uh, I thought he played good enough to win. That, that's what I would say. I thought he played good enough to win, but a lot of his receivers let him down. Um, you know, they didn't come back with, with catches when they needed to. Uh, some of them couldn't get open. Uh, and some were just, you know, that, that's as good as it's ever going to get. And I, so I asked you that. Like, your grade for Mac Jones would be what? Let's get that out of the way. Uh, I would say today Mac Jones was a C. Um, I thought he missed some throws, but I thought he made some well, he, throws. Obviously, the fourth down one to Thornton yep. was a massive miss. That was what other miss. ones did he miss, though? He missed um, Ramondre Stevenson on like a little wheel route that he threw off his back foot, and he lobbed it up there. Oh, and he he, the, it was short. Yeah, yeah, he left it short. And the yeah. linebacker at the last minute was able yep. to get in, knock yeah, it away. Yeah, about that one. So there's yeah. a couple of those. Now, certainly his targets let him down on occasion. None bigger, well, none bigger than the Juju Smith-Schuster at the end of the game, but also the Jalen Rager drop uh, in the middle of the field on a deep ball that almost left Jonathan Vilma speechless. And I thought that was funny. Like, we do this every week, Jonathan. We have to talk about these crappy plays each and every week, and you can't talk about one crappy play for one crappy game. Um, but I thought there were a couple of those. But I just, Mac is, like, I put them all in the same blender. Bill Belichick, Mac Jones, the receivers, the offensive yeah. line. Like, they're well, all not time. good enough. It's, it's, it's about time. I guess maybe that's where I'm, maybe that's where everybody's at, like acceptance. And like, or, yeah. or maybe it's understanding is what I think it is. Mac is 100% part of the problem. Absolutely. But if I was going to say, okay, why did you lose this game? Let's start with defense. You can't get off the field. You yep. can't tackle. You can't make a play. You can't decide on who's going to play cornerback. What is going on with the cornerback situation? Like what? I don't. It's like I feel like the the Jacks, Jack, J, JC Jackson, the Joneses, whoever the hell it is. What is going on back there? No one will talk after the game. Bill won't address it. Is somebody being punished? I have no freaking clue. Like, cool. I, have, I have no clue what's going on. Do you think this team right now, and, and playing off of that with Jack Jones, J.C. Jackson refused to talk, Jack Jones left, and then he liked some tweet that said he would have been better off basically going to jail and pleading guilty to his charges. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, do they have a, a culture problem right now? Has this crossed over into, Matthew Slater brought up human nature, like they need to fight, these are uncharted waters, and human nature is going to take over. Do they have a, a culture problem at 2-7? and seven? Are, are they lacking enough leadership or are there too many guys on the other side of that leadership is is that a significant issue right now i think something i saw last week for last week's loss was something that happened again at the end of this game last week's end of the game you have christian Ballmer. you see a lot of skirmishes lots of fights yep. lots of frustration and then you saw it again with keon white and i was like what is this dude doing to think that he can sit there and do the old hold me back thing. He's a rookie. I mean, the fact that nobody just blindsidedly tackled this guy is amazing to me. They all look like just crybabies, you know, and they just look, it makes that the loss, in my opinion, look so much more pathetic. You know, you have these guys that are popping off, that are fighting, that are getting in fights when the game's freaking over, and they feel disrespected. You, you're, you've won two games. This is what people do to you. When you win two games, like you become like, you know, fodder and, 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 you know, mocking material. And this is what it, this is what it feels like. So to me, to answer your question, like, absolutely. And it's only going to get worse. Matthew Slater is not 
strong enough, does not have a loud enough voice, does not play enough, does not have enough respect, and you think he should, for those guys to sit there and say, okay, what I see those guys, the young guys doing this, old man Slater again, barking on his porch, telling everybody to be a teammate, you know, one foot out the door for his retirement ceremony. Like, I can easily see the, the younger players and even some moderately aged players saying the same thing. Nobody wants to hear it, Slater. Nobody wants to hear you preaching right now. Like, we're, they're all just individually pissed, individually angry. And then what happens is you really just start playing for yourself because you're, you're not playing for anything. Like, you're not going to, you're not going to, you're not playing for the playoffs. So, what's the motivation? So along along those lines, uh, there's there's motivation, but there's also talent. And Christian Fourier of the uh, Gresham Fourier program joining us on the Harbor One Hotline. And I'm guessing tomorrow between 10 and 2 on WEEI, you and your partner will be discussing a video clip that Andy Gresh put out of Jonathan Kraft in the owner's box at Gillette Stadium, where he believes Jonathan looks at his phone after a field goal and says, we're not good enough. Is that the case, and what does that mean if Jonathan is sitting there saying we're not good enough? Have we reached a point where could the Crafts possibly consider some sort of move midseason? Like what, when you see him voice those words mid-game against the Commanders in a dogfight, what's your reaction to that? Well, um, don't you think we'd all be fools to think they're not already saying that in private? Mm-hmm. I will say this, uh, you know, I'm doing the post-game show up on the uh, Optum level, wherever the hell it is, by the Lighthouse area, and I've never seen Kraft's helicopter take off so fast in my life. Oh. That we, 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 didn't, we didn't even start the post-game show, and that helicopter was up and flying away. Hmm. I don't know. Take that what you want. Uh, maybe it doesn't mean anything, uh, but usually it never happens. That, that's, that's why it stood out to me. Uh, why such a rush to get out of there? Uh, the thing with the video that Gresh sent out is, you know, I just don't believe, regardless of um, if it gets worse, it would only get worse because, like, uh, how can it get worse, right? It, okay, I'll tell you how it starts. Guys start talking to the media. Guys mm-hmm. just leave the team. Guys turn it down, stop trying. I mean, that they're, they, to think that that isn't going to happen is I think everybody's naive. Like, I think all those things, you know, can easily happen. I've been on crappy teams where eventually – the, the disgruntled voices, you know, take over, you know, the leadership voices and drown them out. Nobody cares. Like, it's like the whole I'm the captain now syndrome. Like, oh, Matthew Slater, okay, here, take the wheel. And what is he going to do? Um, I think the answer is yes. But I, I don't think for a second that the crafts, regardless of how disappointed they are, would sit there and walk Bill Belichick out of that building in the middle of the season, that would be the dumbest thing I think I've in, in, in anything I've ever seen to walk that guy out after everything that he gave you, even though it looks like crap. He still shows up to work on time. He still works his ass off. Listen, he screwed up the roster. What are you going to do? Right. You know, run him out of town in December? Do you think that's possible? I don't. Um... First of all, I'll go back to my slogan, we're not tanking, we just suck. I think it is the roster. I think this is a bad football team and has had some unfortunate oh, injuries. Oh, definitely. Like, right, I mean, you could argue their three best players are now on injured reserve. Christian Gonzalez, Matthew Judon, and Kendrick Bourne on the offensive side of yeah. the ball. So, But that happens to a lot of teams. Injuries are part of the NFL. So I, the question I would ask you, and I brought this up a while ago during some of the low points post-Dallas, post-Saints, 
you ever think Bill would walk away? In the middle of the season? Yeah. No way. I, I, th- I do. Guys, you, first of all, I don't think that that is such a – I think that is such a – okay, what would have to happen for him to walk away? Uh, maybe you his know, quarterback like, at the podium questioning everything. Because I thought Mac Jones was passively, aggressively questioning everything tonight. That Giardi question – you look around the league and see guys throwing to open receivers and and just think sometimes it's too hard to do things here and it's too, and he's like that's a great question yeah <laughs> like oh man I, it's funny like wondering what what does it look like when the when the players finally stop you know they're just not afraid of them yeah it's and like the old remember the old uh, just mem- not afraid of them remember um what was that road rules when people stop pretending and start getting real or something yeah. the mvp show yeah, that, yeah i feel like that's what yeah. we're about to go down is they're going to stop pretending stop saying what they think bill wants them to say in the patriot way yeah. would say and start being brutally honest and i think this could be a disaster and and but i would say who on that team can cast the first stone like who on that team is so good and doing everything perfectly that they could sit there and, and call somebody else out. That's what I would like. Because anyone who does, at least I would, sit there and be like, oh, like, why are you so special? Like, what have you done? Who on that team has done anything of any significance where they can sit there and go, I'm perfect. I'm not responsible for any of these problems. There's not a person on that, there's not a person on that, on that field, not one person who can sit there and say, I did everything right. So Andrew Henry? So before I let you go, because Fitzy ran so long in the last segment, this is a quick one for yeah. you. Just give me a uh, a snippet, a quick preview of what you expect over the next couple of weeks. They're going to Germany, which is a little weird. I'm not sure if that's good or bad after a bad loss. I think loss. it's good. Okay, so I'd yeah. want to get out of the country also. Okay, so so how do you think this plays out? Over do, do we get a better effort in Germany against the Colts? Are they just going to tank? Are they all going to go in the hole? Like what what do you envision Man, in the uh, Fourier Crystal I, I, Ball? I would say um, if they start off playing well, then you will get four quarters of them playing well. If the first couple series is wah, 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 it's, if it's a touchdown by the Colts, then you will see the woe is me and what are we playing for mentality. And it'll and they'll never admit it, but you'll see it in their body language. You'll see it in, in the plays that they make. And it's just too obvious. It, it just You cannot hide contempt. You can't hide frustration. It just comes out, you know, late hits, flags. That's the other thing I'd be looking for. Like the, 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 the general rule of Bill about not doing anything stupid to put the team in a bad position, late hits, uh, you know, all that stuff. You'll see mm-hmm. more of that. You definitely see more of that. That's what I think. Because they just, again, why, why am I afraid of you? <clears throat> You're gone anyways. Wait till they start thinking like that. Oi, say. We're going to leave it right there. No, that's the perfect end to this. Christian Fourier says, Oy vey. (laughs) Listen to more Oy Vey's from 10 to 2 tomorrow, W-E-E-I. They'll break it down. They'll be lip reading from Jonathan Kraft and Andy Gresh's theories from the uh, owner's box. Christian, uh, appreciate you joining us here on the uh, Six Rings postgame show. Now go enjoy the rest of your night. Maybe have a drink. All right, buddy. I'm going to pull one right now. Sounds good. Enjoy. Thanks. That's Christian Fourier from Gresham Fourier. He was on the Harbor One Hotline. You're listening to the Six Rings post game show here on WEEI as the Patriots fall to two and seven with today's twenty to seventeen loss to the Commanders. We will be back to break down some of the thumbs up and the thumbs down from the game. And yes, I am creative as a writer on WEEI.com, so I actually came up with some thumbs up for that. So we will be back right after this. 
Trying to make you upbeat a little bit here after today's Patriots 20-17 to loss to the Washington Commanders at Gillette Stadium. Bill Belichick, Mac Jones, and his team fall to 2-7 and seven on the year. And you are listening to the Six Rings postgame show here on WEEI as we try to break it all down, put it in perspective, have a group therapy session, come to grips as to whether or not you believe that this November truly is Thanksgiving in New England where you want the Patriots to lose football games as they did today. This was a big one. If you're a tank person, losing to Washington today was probably a big one because this started the three-game stretch of quote-unquote winnable games against the Commanders, the Colts, and the Giants, although the Colts are rolling right now, so that may not be quite so winnable next And the weekend. Giants are getting crushed by the new-look Raiders. Yeah, and it, it, that's the old bump from change in coach, emotional Antonio Pierce. We hated the last guy. We like this guy. We'll see if that lasts. That's a that's a common bump in the NFL. But uh, Patriots lose 20-17 to 17 at Gillette Stadium. 617-779-7937. Taking your phone calls for the next 35 or 40 minutes leading up to uh, Sunday Night Football on Westwood One. Their coverage begins at 7.30. That is Buffalo at Cincinnati. Oh, that's such, that's such a good game. Remember when we used to have those good games and used to be part of those good games and now we're part of bad games? Even though they're competitive, two bad teams I thought played today at Gillette Stadium and uh, you came up just short. I predicted the score. I just had the wrong winner, 20-17. to 17. Before we get to my thumbs up and thumbs down over on WEEI.com and the Cars for Kids player of the game, I want to go back to the phone lines. Paul and Braintree has been holding on for a little while now. Paul and Braintree, what did you think of today's loss and where the Patriots are right now? I didn't like it. Listen, I'm not a fan of losing teams deliberately, but we would be better off as a three or four win team than we would as a six or seven win team. And yep. I've been a Bill Belichick supporter my whole, my whole life, but to me, just my opinion, he seems to be more comfortable working with veterans. If you draft a quarterback, then bring in a young coach who's more up with the times and who's more able and willing to work with a younger guy and watch him evolve. And also, like I said yesterday, sign a veteran like a Jimmy Garoppolo and let the kids sit. You know, Mac Jones didn't play well today, but also, let's be honest, this is a team that can't get teams off the field on third down. Third and 23, and you can't make a tackle. This defense has not been very stellar over the last couple of weeks. So, you know, they need to take some blame here, too. They played well, but they can't get people off the field. It's just the whole team from top to bottom stinks. It does. <laughs> That's just how I look at it. Thanks for the call, Paul. I don't totally disagree. I think this is a top-to-bottom problem from Bill Belichick right on down through the bottom of the roster. And let's transition now. It's a perfect call to transition, transition Excuse me to my thumbs-up, thumbs-down over on weei.com because uh paul gave you a teaser of the thumbs down section he mentioned third down defense was putrid that is one of the keys to my thumbs down section you could not get off the field third and 23 was a scrambled first down for howell for the commander sam howell the commander's quarterback today in which he broke tackles of jalen mills and adrian phillips they converted nine of 17 third downs on the day and that 52 percent was actually with a couple late failures the percentage was higher than that for most of the game hey, it got worse and worse because those third down conversions were via penalties i think howell was eight of 11 on third down passing so he basically completed all his passes on third down um, there were problems with the pass rush, which Bill Belichick noted in his postgame press conference. 
There was problems in coverage. There was problems pretty much all across the defense. Now, we do understand they are a little undermanned. They lost Matthew Judon. He's on the sideline. We see him every week. They lost Christian Gonzalez. But the reality is that supposedly really good defense is scuffling right now. They yeah, could the, not big, the biggest issue that they had um, was when Howell was breaking the pocket, all the oh, yeah. corners looked lost. Like Jack Jones was literally, I, I forget, I think it was maybe a completion to Pringle or whoever it was. Yep. He just looked totally lost. He was like, yep. okay, where'd he go? Where'd he go? Well, they were playing a lot of man for a while, and I think guys were getting run off, and that was giving Howell time to scramble and find guys. There were a lot of off-script plays. He's, he's a gunslinger. He is a uh, strong-armed gunslinger, can move a little bit, and he took advantage of the Patriots. So that's the that's the lead thumbs down, but let's be positive. I'll, I'll swing back around. I just wanted to note that Because Paul no Iver, one says positive like Andy Hart. You're damn right they do. Um, so let's go to my guy, who you may hear a, a little bit more about in a few minutes when we do the player of the game, but Jelani Tavai, who I thought changed the game. This was looking like what Christian Fourier just predicted. It was 10 nothing. Washington, and it was looking like it might just be a route right up until Jelani Tavai, who has become a leader and a playmaker and a consistent force on this team, punched the ball out of Brian Robinson's hands. They recover on the 25. A couple plays later, Mac Jones hits who else in the red zone? Hunter Henry for the 14-yard touchdown, and suddenly there's a ball game. Jelani Tavai is an old-school Patriot. He would have fit in in the 2000s, in the 2000 teens on this defense. He wouldn't have been asked to do as much because right now he's borderline one of your best defensive players. And remember last year he was like considered a liability at times. Oh, absolutely. Well, he, he arrived as a practice squatter, then was a rotational guy, then was a, I guess we got to start him. And now it's like, no, 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 I want to start him. I want to play him. He's one of the rare guys that actually makes plays. I believe he's one of only three guys on the roster that has – um, a sack, an interception, and a fumble or something. like He's sort of got the whole trifecta of playmaking, and he did it again today. Um, he's also become a leader. I don't know if people realize this. He does press conferences every week at Gillette Stadium. I don't know what that says about the leadership of this team or whatever, but he has stepped up and he made a big play today. Uh, another big play, the only reason they were in the game, were these two big plays. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson, his 64-yard touchdown, took the 14-10 to 10 lead, and that came only a couple minutes after the Hunter Henry touchdown, uh, the longest run of his career, got a huge hole on the right side from the offensive line, and then a great block downfield by Jalen Rager, who, yes, is probably active because Booty was inactive, um, former practice squad call-up, former bust with a couple teams, but he made a key block, and uh, you took a lead, 14-10, into halftime because of that 64-yard run that we've all been, been kind of waiting for with Ramondre Stevenson all year. Um, then there's a typo right there that I should go back and probably fix later. But Stevenson finished with 87 yards on nine rushes, also had 42 yards receiving, so sort of his dual threat day. Uh, Kyle Duggar, another interception. He's the reason you went to the locker room at 1410. Well, actually, Sam Howell's the reason you went to the locker room at 1410 because for some reason he decided the best place to throw the football uh, at the end of the second quarter was right to Kyle Duggar in the end zone there was no receiver anywhere around it was a terrible decision but Kyle Duggar has shown in recent weeks when the ball hits him between the numbers he catches it he did it again and the last thumbs up goes to Hunter Henry because the dude just scores touchdowns when you throw him the ball he's a reliable option they don't have that many reliable options so I like to give Hunter Henry credit when they remember that he can do some good things for this offense and can earn his $12.5 million salary with Mac Jones. So those are the thumbs up. We touched on the first thumbs down was third down defense. Well, guess what? I'm not uh, going to discriminate. Third down offense was horrific too. They couldn't stay on the field. Early on, 
Mac Jones seemed to, on fourth down, third down, third down, only have one place he wanted to look. That was Tyquan Thornton. Unfortunately, it didn't work, didn't work, and didn't work again. Uh, he missed him the first time on fourth down. The other time, Thornton ran a terrible route. Then there was a pass defense. They went just 3 of 12 on third down. If you can't stay on the field and you can't possess the ball, it's hard to win the game. And they were lucky to be in this game with how bad they were on third down on both sides of the ball. Uh, Kayshawn Booty, we all know, inactive. Bill Belichick, I don't know, said something in his postgame press conference. I don't really care. I tend to think it's because Booty said earlier in the week that he expected to play. And when you do that, Bill gets mad and benches you. So he was Well, inactive. no, Belichick had four receivers, or no, five receivers that he had to play ahead of Booty. Well, if you consider Gasecki a receiver, I usually like receivers who actually catch the ball. I don't. I can barely remember when Gasecki ever catches the ball. I know he had the one touchdown. Other than that, he's done nothing. He had one target today, which wasn't even close. It was closer to being picked off than it was being caught by him because the defensive back ran the route for him. But Booty was inactive. He played 55 snaps in week one. We haven't seen him since. Despite the fact that Kendrick Bourne is gone, Devontae Parker's out, it's just not great that he doesn't get on the field, and Jalen Rager's on the field to drop the ball down the middle. Uh, special teams execution, you get highlighted because you were terrible late. Penalties, jumping off sides, Mac Wilson, you had the hold on Brendan Schooler, Demario Douglas had a bad re- decision on a return, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Mac Jones to Tyquan Thornton, I mentioned it earlier. This should be the foundation of an offense that you're excited about, a second-round speed-burning wide receiver, a first-round quarterback, and yet it does not work. They are not on the same page. And then the whole pass defense, highlighted by J.C. Jackson and Jack Jones, who didn't start, didn't play in the first quarter, didn't play early. I don't know whether they were benched or reprimanded or just their poor play a week ago in Miami. And in the case of Jack Jones, didn't stick around later on. Nor did J.C. Jackson. At least J.C. Jackson said, I'm not talking. Jack Jones just left. Neither acted like a professional. But, hey, when the going gets tough, you run out the door and don't answer for it. At least uh, at least Juju Smith-Schuster, unlike Devontae Parker a few weeks ago, stood up and said, that is on me. But Jack Jones, J.C. Jackson, the past defense, you guys are on the negative side. But we do need to get to the Cars for Kid player of the game, brought to you by Cars for Kids. If you donate your car today, it can be picked up as soon as tomorrow. Go to carsforkids.com or call 1-877-CARS-FOR-KIDS. Remember, that's always cars with a K. And the player of the game? I said it earlier. I'm giving it to Jelani Tavai because I think he started or jump-started the big plays there in the first half that allowed you to lead 14-10 at halftime and give the home crowd a little sprinkle of hope after they had been booing the offense off the field. Unfortunately, they couldn't take full advantage and keep that rolling into the second half. And the Patriots lose 20-17, to fall to 2-7 to on the season. You're listening to the Six Rings postgame show here on WEEI. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, WEEI.com's Mike Cadlick will join us for his uh, news notes and locker room discussions and what he thought of the idea that J.C. Jackson, Jack Jones bolted and Mac Jones and his interesting comments about the offense and what a struggle it's been. So stick around to listen to Mike Cadlick. You're listening to the Six Rings postgame show here on WEEI. He likes what they've been doing. Second down and eight. Jones over the middle. Broken up and picked off. Jortavius Martin, the rookie second-round pick out of Illinois after Kendall Fuller got a piece of it. The exclamation point for a Washington Commanders victory here in Foxborough. 
back here for the final segment on the Six Rings postgame show here on WEEI, leading up to Westwood One's coverage of Sunday Night Football. You may not have gotten a good game from the Patriots today, but Bills at Bengals tonight on Westwood One right here on WEEI should be an intriguing matchup between Josh Allen and Joe Burrow. That right there, you heard Mac Jones' final pass of the day. Uh, I would argue that it was not broken up, that it just went through the hands of Juju Smith-Schuster into the waiting hands of the safety from the Redskins for the essentially game-ending interception. Patriots lose 20-17. to Chad Ryland, as I had predicted on the Six Rings po- podcast, did not get a chance to either tie or win the game at any point late there. Uh, because of the turnover, and the Patriots fall to two and seven on the season. They okay, are indeed... you got the score right. You said it, Ryland. We get it. You got know, some things I was, right. I was close. It was kind of a game that I expected. I picked the Redskins. I thought I might need the points for the victory to cover, but nope, they won outright. And the Patriots at two and seven are in last place still in the American Football Conference. I believe, from what I've seen on Twitter, they're currently in the number four overall pick in next April's draft. If you are keeping track of such things and i'm sure the guy joining us now on the harbor one hotline will be keeping track of such things from now in the month of november straight through the month of april he is weei.com's own beat reporter from the patriots beat mike cadlick michael um should we just talk about your pizzas and having pickle on pizzas because that sounds more entertaining than uh what we're probably gonna have to talk about for the next few minutes with this latest patriots loss that's what I just uh, I just finished up having leftovers, Andy. I had a couple pieces of buffalo chicken, a piece oh. of pickle, and uh, I'm not in a great mood because it was pretty good, and everybody loves the town spa. So, yeah, yeah I could do pickles all day. Um, I heard you talking about your your prediction um, with Chad Ryland and everything, Andy. I don't know if you remember on Thursday when we recorded our crucial clashes, but. Uh, I, as well, did predict 20-17 to 17 Washington Commanders on that one. So uh, while the Patriots did ultimately lose, I think we were both pretty right on this one. See, the problem is... Yeah, but is, you were more right Catholic than Andy was, so take that. Well, I don't know about yeah, that. Oh, yeah, all day. We'll debate. We'll debate. Um, the problem is the Patriots are just <laughs> coming predictable. They're playing bad football teams. Yep. They're in tight, low-scoring ball games. They're making mistakes. And uh, the first question I want to ask you, because we've seen all these reports, J.C. Jackson declined to speak. Jack Jones mm-hmm. left. Bill Belichick was a little cantankerous. Uh, I actually thought Mac Jones took some shots at the scheme and the offense and a lot of the things that are going on around him. So what was your takeaway from sort of the the atmosphere post-game at Gillette Stadium? Uh, The atmosphere is terrible, and I (laughs) continue to not not be able to stand the way Bill Belichick acts at a press conference. Like, I mean, look, you did not play J.C. Jackson and, and Jack Jones for a reason. You didn't play Kayshawn Booty for a reason. You make those decisions behind the scenes every single week. You need to be expected that you're going to, you need to expect you're going to be asked them after the game. Like it's okay. You thought Kayshawn Booty wasn't good. Stand behind it and say it. You thought you wanted to switch things up a cornerback with Sean Wade and Jonathan Jones instead of Jack Jones and, uh, and Jonathan Jones, I'm losing my mind, all the Joneses. But you got my point. <laughs> yes. So stand up there and say it instead of just mumbling and murmuring. Like it's, it, it makes no sense. Like I, don't, I just don't understand why he can't just come out and be like, yeah, we did that. And he doesn't have to go on his soapbox and talk about it. But if he just simply said, oh, yeah, we wanted to switch things up at cornerback and then we rotated the other guys back in, it, that's that easy. And, and he doesn't do it. And so that, that got on my nerves. Um, I think you're right about Mac Jones, too, with 
you know, what he said um, post game and saying, you know, that's a really good question. He said it to Giardi, and then he also yep. said it to uh, Math Labs Nick O'Malley about you know, another question yep. um, with the chemistry with the receivers. Like, he, he's acknowledging, like, no, that's, that's a good point. And I think that is a little bit of a shot. I think that's his way of, you know, saying it without saying it. Like, yeah, no you're right, we need to improve on this, and here's why. And so I don't really blame him for that. I think, um, you know, if things are going to start unraveling, you kind of got to start covering your bases and save yourself at some point, and that sort of seems like what he's doing. Um, and JC and Jack not talking after the game doesn't surprise me um, from either of those guys. Um, Jack Jones's liked tweet is a whole nother conversation. Um, yeah. But I don't think they. I don't think either of them were, were too pleased with with being benched at the beginning of the game. So uh, that's kind of where uh, where we're at, following the for the locker room uh, stuff. Just to expand on that, does this team have a culture problem right now? I think so. Uh, I do, and I, I never thought I'd say that. But um, you know, just watching actually Friday night, I uh, I took a peek at the. Do you remember when they did the? Belichick documentary, the in-season um, in like 2009 with him. Yep. And it was the, the football life. I, I rewatched that and it was just, it was so telling how much more of like a grasp and a pulse and um, how much he kind of garnered the attention of those teams. And even though they lost in the first round and that was, you know, everyone argues that that was one of the, the worst teams that the Patriots have had in some time and whatever, they end up losing the first round, whatever. But just the way he spoke, the way, you know, people gravitated towards the Patriot way, that is not even close to a thing anymore. And you saw it in today's game with penalties that they could have went down and had a chance to score a touchdown. And instead, Mac Wilson's offsides and they're just, they're not disciplined. Jack and JC Jackson, Jack Jones, JC Jackson, don't talk after the games. There's things coming out left and right. Mac Jones is, uh, I heard you mention it earlier, Mac's thing a few weeks ago about, uh, the garbage and mm-hmm. Belichick's contract leaking out like that, that never happened before. So people are starting to save themselves and, you know, are jumping ship, if you will. And things are happening. I, I do. I think there's something's got to change. And I, I'll be curious to see what happens this week. I know we'll probably only be there a few, a few days before they head to Germany. But uh, look, it, there's going to be come a time where they can't keep saying the same thing over and over and over again and expecting a different result. That's sort of where it feels like we're at now, and I mean, at two and seven, there is there, there's something wrong inside. I just I, I can't quite pinpoint it. Besides, they're just not that good. <laughs> well, I do believe that is the bottom line. They, I don't yeah. think they were a very good football team when they were put together, and then you've since removed Kendrick Bourne, Christian Gonzalez, Matthew Judon, right. and some of the best players. It's not a surprise that you can't compete. And I quite frankly thought they were lucky to be in a competitive game today because. It was going down a bad road until Jelani Tavai made a big play and then Ramondre Stevenson made another big play. Like, right. you take away those two big plays, and I'm not trying to. They happened. You earned them. You made them. But it was trending in the wrong direction, and I think the other team wasn't very good. That's not a very good football team. That's another mediocre right. team that traded away its best players on Tuesday. So this is a game that probably wasn't really as close as the score would indicate, but the bottom line is it's it's everyone. It's a total system failure. It's mistakes in all three phases, at all three levels, at various points. You know, like 
old reliable Brendan Schooler, I think, is a good player, made a terrible penalty. Like it, it is what it is. Then he's screaming on the sideline. I don't know what you're arguing about. You had your arm around the guy. It's gonna get right. called all the time. Like they're gonna see that. Bill Belichick was bitching about the the Mac Wilson penalty. I thought Bill looked really old and argumentative on the sideline today. <laughs> it kind of stood out to me. Yeah. And uh, the the other thing I want want to mention too, while 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 you got me here, and I heard you talk about it with Fourier a little bit, and and you said it with Fitzy earlier too, and just how like, well, no, don't blame everybody, blame Bill, because when things were good, everyone get, gave the blame or you know gave right. their kudos to Bill, and this is in Bill we trust, and and now that the roster construction's bad, and now that you ruined your quarterback because the offensive line stinks, and that you're there's discipline problems, and Mac Wilson's offside, that that doesn't fall on the players that. I mean, in, in a way it does, but that's Bill Belichick's fault for having, A, those kind of players there, and, B, not having them prepared for it. And I think, you know, it's it's uh, it's a little bit probably too, I guess, social media maybe for your liking, but what Gresh tweeted, the video of Jonathan Kraft, yep. like that that's real. That happened. He said that. And then I, after I saw that, I kept, you know, taking a peek, too, into the owner's box, and, boy, Jonathan Kraft was mad at what ha- what was going on today uh, in Gillette Stadium. Yep. He was throwing his hands in the air. He was asking what the heck's going on. He was visibly upset. Like, you know, Demario Douglas ran that one out to the five-yard line and ran yep. backwards and went down. Like, he was pissed. And so they're going to want – I don't know what exactly that means. Again, I don't think they're going to fire anybody midseason. But ownership's angry, and so should the fans. So, so should the fans be because this is not – uh, a product that is, you know, accu- you're not accustomed to this with the Patriots. And for better or for worse, that's what Belichick built is Super Bowl or bust. And that's not the case anymore. And it does fall on his shoulders. Right. And not accustomed to it, even at the ownership level. I know they went through the 5-11 and 11 Belichick season in 2000, but that was, you knew what you were getting into. You knew he was going to tear the right. roster down. He had to kind of take an axe to some salary cap issues and different things. You, you you were prepared for that, and I think you were taking the pain for the long-term hope of success. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, do they need to look back at that and start thinking about pain for long-term success? And I know you and I, we've all talked about Thanksgiving, and we're not tanking, we just suck, and sort of that mm-hmm. mentality. But that is also the reality. It's It's no longer a hypothetical. You know how... Mike Lombardi wants to push back. Oh, Bill would never tank, and they would never do that. Like, uh-huh. it's not a hypothetical anymore. You're two and seven. You have the fourth pick in the draft. You're the worst team in the American Football Conference. It is reality. It is here. And I do wonder how the Crafts can handle this and the struggle. But and- are you saying that they should handle the pain and keep Bill here and realize that no, you got to stick by this guy? Well. No, I think what I'm I don't think they're going to fire Bill midseason. I don't I just right. unless unless something really weird happens. I keep going to like soap opera. Mm-hmm. If some soap opera thing happens, maybe. But other than that, I think yeah. you just got to take your lumps and you probably as an owner, just like people criticized Mac Jones last year for throwing his hands up and yelling in the field and the, like that whole thing. I'm not sure it's a good look to, for ownership to, that needs to be doing that in the, the owner suite. Right. You need to accept the reality. You're a bad football team, and this is the way it's worked in pretty much every city at some point other than yours at some point in the last 20 years, <laughs> and it's your turn, and you know you just got to suck it up, and there could be a good payoff, just like there was in 2000 when you sucked it up and rebuilt the roster right. and did some things. So um, I think that 
is the is where everybody's trending. I don't know if you've noticed that on social media. The appetite for that is here, in my opinion. People are accepting of reality. The second the clock hit zero on these games, there's like screenshot after screenshot of the tankathon rankings for where the Patriots are now right. in the in the draft. So they're all for it. I think more people in the area are probably watching college football on Saturdays yep. to get themselves used to the top quarterbacks, the top linemen. Like the, the people are ready for next season already. And I, I think you're kind of right, Andy. I think there it comes a point where, okay, this is a lost season. This one's over. Wrap it up. It's okay if we keep losing because that's just who we are and things are going to change this off season. And that's not going to sit well with not only Jonathan, but Robert, because Robert mm-hmm. said, he wanted to go to the postseason, but that's where you are, so you have to hit the reset, and you have to not make the tiny little changes you made last year, but make you know some swooping, hard, potentially very difficult changes in the offseason, whatever those may be. So I'm but, with you. I think you just kind of got to sit on this one. So the reality is, though, you have eight football games left to play. The reality is you'll head to Germany this week. And mm-hmm. as I let you go and wrap it up here as we come to the close of the Six Rings postgame show, what do you envision happening this week, next week, the week after? Do you think it gets soap opera-like bad in this locker room and around this team? Do they have a rally in them? Does Mac Jones have another Bills game in him that maybe can be something? What is your uh, on-the-horizon view of things? Mm. Yeah, I, I don't expect it to get much better results-wise. I think when you lose to the Commanders after they just sold off their two best players, uh, that's <laughs> I don't want to call it as bad as it gets, but I mean, Andrew Callahan said it best out of the game. They're trying to tank, and uh, they 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 couldn't beat them. So like, I, I, there are no penciled in wins anymore. Um, everything's sort of they're going to have to take it week by week, um, and maybe they'll get a few here and there. Maybe Mac does have one of those Bills games, but it's not good. They don't have a run in them. I think I think they're they're dead as far as that goes. Um, maybe yeah, again, a couple more games. So proper like. Um, there will probably be a couple more, you know, leaks and things like the Florio thing that was this weekend. And, you know, Max Camp might have something and you might hear some things about inside the locker room. I don't expect anyone to get fired. I think they're just going to eat, you know, eat the rest of the season on that front. But, you know, maybe you get a quarterback change, maybe Adrian Clem's a scapegoat or something. But they're, I, if they, they needed to win this game to get on another run and they didn't. So I, I think that that ship has officially sailed. And Mike Cadlick, com. I'll leave you with this. If Bill Belichick needs some inspiration, he can look Mm -hmm. to Texas, where his friend and uh, contemporary successful Hall of Fame coach and championship winner Greg Popovich is in the infant stages of his newborn life with Victor Ah. Banyama. So if he wants some inspiration in New England as to how this season should play out, go get yourself a quarterback, go get yourself a freak, somebody that fans want to watch and that may or may not include bill belichick down the road that's the one difference yeah i don't know if he's getting to stick around with his new guy but the patriots and spurs were compared for so long and now they've had to have their hard times and the hard times paid off in san antonio we'll see if they pay off here in new england he is mike cadlick weei.com go read his stuff follow him on twitter he has lots of social media insight because that's his world as long as you're okay with an occasional photo of a pickle pizza (laughs) thanks for joining me mike thanks Teddy. Yeah, we'll talk. See ya. And to all the fans out there of the Patriots, I hope you've come to grips over the last three and a half hours with exactly what is going on in Patriot Nation because your Patriots are doing things you may have never seen in your lifetime or certainly haven't seen in decades here in New England. Patriots fall to 2-7 and seven on the year. 20 to, to end 17. it all, just not good. 
Nope, not good. 20-17 to 17 loss to the Washington Commanders. Made some plays, some big plays, but made a lot of mistakes in all three phases of the game. And it doesn't look like things are getting any better. But the good news is they're traveling to Germany next week. So we have something interesting to talk about. A game in Germany where Bryce Beringer's punts may hit the scoreboard because it's too close to the soccer field that's below it. Patriots and Colts in Germany next Sunday, and we will be here to break it all down with an early post-game show. Now we are going to turn things over to Sunday Night Football, the Westwood One pregame show and broadcast of Bills at Bengals, a good old-fashioned AFC rivalry game. Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, and two teams that are hoping to go to a Super Bowl. Again, we wrap things up here in Boston. Two and seven Patriots lose 20-17 to to the Commanders for Nick Fitzy Stevens. And producer Joe Braverman, I am Andy Jumbo Hart. This has been Six Rings and Football Things. And if you want more from the boys, listen to the Six Rings podcast all week long. Closing time.